Live from the palace, the king, his family, and the new princesses are home. The king will address his subjects tonight, and we are all waiting with bated breath to hear his thoughts on the shooting. Are we going to war? Will the prince be sent to a new type of battle? Stay tuned here for the exclusive broadcast. I'm Greg Rockefeller. I'm Beth Rockefeller. And I'm Mia Rockefeller. And this is Reading with the Rockefellers, a family book club podcast. Today we are discussing Red Queen by Victoria Aveyard. So grab a copy and join us on this literary journey. By the time the boat docks at the western bank and we're back on land, night has fallen. At home, this meant shutting down the power and going to sleep, but not in Archeon. If anything, the city seems to brighten while the rest of the world goes dark. Fireworks crackle overhead, raining light down on the bridge, and atop white fire, a red and black flag raises. The king is back on his throne. Welcome to Reading with the Rockefellers. This is episode 13, Red Queen, chapter 23. So, there's no way around it. This chapter is a bummer. It is. Don't say that. No, it's, it's a bummer. A, it's a bummer. Well, I know it's a bummer, but I've been, I've been living in denial for the past week. <laughs> I know, but we can't anymore because now we have microphones in front of our faces and we have to confront the reality that is this <laughs> chapter. Yeah. Of mega bummer after mega bummer. Yeah. Yeah. After mega bummer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. It's pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Strangely let's jump enough, right in. Not the... Biggest bummer chapter you're going to read. <laughs> oh no, they only get worse from here. Not, e- not even in the first book. Foreshadowing. <sighs> We're going to call that foreshadowing? I mean, kind of, I guess, a little. Fair. So now we're we're docking in Archeon. Mm-hmm. And Maven is kind of showing around Mare, like pointing out his favorite places and, you know, kind of trying to make her feel... At home. She's mm-hmm. digging it. Yeah. 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 She's kind of into it. She's like, you know, this is not what I'm used to, but that's cool. You know, I can learn about all of this. And very quickly, he drops on her that Archeon is basically segregated. Mm-hmm. So even amongst the Silvers, there's still divisions. Yep. There's a classist system inside a racist system so right yeah there's the noble blood then there's those that aren't noble and don't have Mm -hmm. what you would call the powerful abilities they could be very wealthy but they're still common silvers because they don't have the status or the ability it's yeah weird concept even if you're richer than the nobility or one of those houses you're still common because it's about power. Right, because it's yeah. about power, because you don't have any status, or you right. don't have a big, strong ability. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's so crazy to Mare to be like, um, yeah. but you guys have everything, yeah, and yet you're still infighting. I have a relationship okay. with uh, the phrase common silvers, the same relationship that I do with vegan desserts. can read the words. But I don't quite understand it. Or gluten-free pasta? Yes. Yes. But I the, the, the funniest thing about this is the abilities. There are less powerful abilities. I want to know what some of the less powerful <laughs> abilities are. Like how mundane do their abilities get? 
that they're not really abilities. And like, do you have, I have the power to see the future, but only the future of what I'm going to eat tomorrow for dinner. Oh. <laughs> Does that do you any good, really? I don't, I don't know. It's, some of it's not necessarily like it's a different ability, but like they have a similar ability that like a high house might have. It's just not as powerful. Does that make any sense? No, it does. It does. Like, them as a person or as a family just isn't as powerful, even though they may have the same ability. Did that sense make sense? No. <laughs> because you would think that you would be able to practice your ability no matter what. But uh, that brings up an interesting point that I was thinking of while I was reading um, that I want to get to before we round out, which I mean, we'll kind of touch on before the end of the episode, but um, I want to talk possibilities at the end for some questions I have. So. Okay. But before we get there, we got to go through all this downer crap. Yep. Let's let's get depressing. <laughs> yeah, let's start with Broody Cal. Let's talk about Broody Cal. What's up with Cal? Well, first of all, he's mad that he's not going to go fight. I can't. Daddy won't let me kill people. Yeah. Shadow Legion has <laughs> gone to Archeon ahead of him, and they're kind of the protectors of the city now since, you know, everything's popping off and they want more protection. So the Shadow Legion is there, but Tiberius won't let him go to the front with all this chaos. He's disbanded his command. So he's all broody about that. Mm -hmm. He's also broody about speeches. Yeah, he doesn't like speeches. He doesn't like speeches. He doesn't think they're worth it. They're worth the time. So he's all broody. Yeah, he doesn't want to be there at all. Evangeline also not looking like she's enjoying herself. Nope. Well, is Evangeline ever really enjoying herself? Unless no. she's like threatening Mare. Probably not. <laughs> but even she's kind of visibly yeah. rattled by this. You know, nobody is comfortable with what's about to go down. Mm-hmm. And Mare really doesn't understand why. She's like, yeah. okay, it's just a speech, you know. Can't or be that big of a deal. Is it? Like, oh no, it's <laughs> that big of a deal. Yeah. Maven's even like, um, it's probably just, you know, King Daddy giving a speech. <laughs> King Daddy. Yeah, let the masses know that everything's okay. Yeah, so they, they're taken into this building next to the barracks, which is basically a building full of command centers. Yeah. But it looks kind of like, what it yeah. seemed like, like to me. Like an entire building of smaller command center rooms. Yeah. It's very odd. Yeah. And so then they go into the main command center room where there's so much electricity and cameras and everything. It like literally makes Mare sick, sick to her stomach. She flinches. She does. We have a flinch There's here. Some flinching in this chapter. As somebody puts something into her hands. The press secretary. A piece I think of is paper. What she said. Yeah. yeah. So George Stephanopoulos comes up and hands her a piece of paper. She looks at it 
and pretty much wants to vomit on the floor <laughs> and rip it into shreds. She is not happy. Which, I mean, is the reaction I would have had if I was staring down at what she was. Well, then she hears Alara in her head. Yeah. Telling her to earn her keep. And Maven's like, you must. May her, you must. You gotta do it. So, Victoria Aviard, queen of the cliffhangers, doesn't give us what Mare has to say right away. Mm -hmm. We get some marshmallow fluff from the king first. Some of the most pointless words. (laughs) What's just a rah-rah speech? Yeah, it is. It is. Maven says... um, I like the queen of cliffhangers. It's basically like, we are the best and Scarlet Guard are poopy pants. (laughs) Maven says, people love nothing more than a leader promising victory. It doesn't matter whether or not he can... Deliver on that promise. They just want to hear the promise being made. Yep. My heart grieves for the lives lost, but know that they were not lost in vain. Their blood will fuel our resolve and drive us to overcome the difficulties ahead. We are a nation at war. We have been for nearly a century, and we are not unaccustomed to obstacles in the path to victory. These people will be found. These people will be punished. And this disease they call rebellion will never take hold in my country. So you can see how that's like, all the Silvers really like that. That's exactly what they want to hear, even if it's not true. Yes. Not a word of it. That's what people who think they're better than you always want to hear. Yeah, that's true. So then we flash to Mare in her new quarters, and she has a broadcast screen in her room, and we see her re-watching the broadcast that she had to make right after the king made his speech. Yeah. And they're called the measures. Yeah. So we're not going to read exactly word for word what they are. But we'll get the general. Did you get that the first paragraph where she doesn't actually talk about the measures, but talks about how the silvers are invincible? Or did you get write any of that part down? Oh yeah. Okay. You have the whole thing. Because I, I wanted have the to whole discuss, thing. Because I really. I don't think the whole thing is necessary, but we can go to the whole thing if you want and break it down piece by piece. Because there's and there's things I want to talk about about that first paragraph too, because it's such a such a setup. I kind of want to read the first sentence. I don't know why. That first sentence is just like, that's where it's, that's where all of the like, err is. Well, okay. For me. So let's The majority of it, like right there. Read as much as you want to. Okay. And we'll go from there. Okay. I was raised by Reds. I believed I was one. And I saw firsthand the grace of his majesty the king and the just ways of our silver lords and the great privilege they gave us. This this speech, the first paragraph, reminds me of the victory speeches that Cadmus and Peta had to give when they were on the victory tour. Oh, for sure. Like, they don't want to be saying this. No. But this, this, I'm going to read just my, ju- this is just my, my notes for the first paragraph. That first paragraph basically is, first thing Mare does, kiss mad silver butt, Make them look good. Silvers are invincible and merciful. Scarlet Guard are terrorists. That's what I got out of the first paragraph. Because that's what they wanted to get across. 100% is 
this person that I know there were some people that were kind of maybe rooting for her for certain reasons because she was a nobody or whatever. She's straight up saying, Silvers are the best. They can't be beat. Can't fight with them. So, before she even gets into the rest. Yeah. So here comes the worst part of this speech. Yeah. After uh, the great privilege, she says the right to work, to serve our country, to live and live well. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Sure. Yeah, because they were all doing so great Mm -hmm. before. Now I know I am Silverborn, a lady of House Titanos, and one day a princess of Norda. My eyes have been opened. A world I never dreamed of exists, and it is invincible. Sure. Mm -hmm. It is merciful. Uh Uh-huh, sure. Okay. (laughs) And these terrorists, murderers of the most evil kind, are trying to destroy the bedrock of our nation. This we cannot allow. (gasps) (laughs) Oh, it gets better. No, it doesn't. It's first. In his wisdom, King Tiberius has drafted the measures to root out the sickness of rebellion and protect the good citizens of our nation. They are as follows. No. We okay. got to do it. We got to no, do it. No, before we get into that. We'll break them down one by one. Before we get into that. I just want to talk about how good of a liar Mare has become. Because <laughs> she said all that with a perfectly straight face. Oh, yeah. Like, she did incredibly well. Oh, yeah. Well, she knows, you know, she's been preparing herself for whatever role this was that she was going to have to play. And here it is. This yeah. is it. This is exactly why she's still alive. This is what they're keeping her around for. And she knows if she drops this ball... That that's it. Yeah. You know, this is the this is the first time she has to hold her cover in front of all of Norda. Everybody. Yeah. You know, it's the first time she's had to put on this level of performance, and then for these to have to be the words that come out of her mouth yeah. for her to have to hold that composure. So we'll we'll go one crazy. by one and talk about them here. Yeah. As of today, a sunset curfew is in effect for all Reds. So, sunset. Can be out if you're a Red. Yeah. After dark. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gotta be in by sunset. That rule gets a little bit worse later. Yeah. Security will be doubled in every Red village and town. Not that big of a deal. Not that big of a deal. Kind of reminds me of when they brought in all the extra peacekeepers. New outposts will be built on the roads and manned to full capacity. So travel between all of the cities and towns will be much more You're gonna get harassed. monitored. Yeah. yeah. You're going to be stopped. You have to show your ID card or present your blood tag or whatever. This, this is when the curfew rule gets a little bit worse. All red crimes, including breaking of the curfew, will be punished by execution. So, so stealing any kind of crime. Anything, including breaking the curfew. Well, you're going to get killed. Yeah. Yeah. They're so merciful, though. Right? All of this mercy. Just they, look at it. They have essentially turned Archeon, the capital, into a sundown town. Yeah. 
from back in the Jim Crow days where there were sundown towns and counties where if you were a black person and you were caught there after their designated time that black people could be there, they strung you up. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly what they've done. They've turned Norda into a sundown town for Reds. And Mayor says that this next part of the measures is the first time that her voice breaks. Yeah. And I don't care who you are. If you're not in tears when you're reading this, you have no soul. No. Like, for the readers at home, Mia and I have um, what we call book throw moments. Mm -hmm. Where we get so mad at the book that we're reading that we have to chuck it across the room. That we either want to throw it across the room or we just, like, feel like we need to cry. Yeah. Usually there is some actual throwing involved with me. If I'm reading the actual book. I mean, I can't throw my audiobook when I'm listening. But if I'm reading an actual book. I'm proud of myself because I never threw Mockingjay when I was reading it. I don't know how. I thought you had a throw count of like seven. I that did, was just the times you wanted throw to throw it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely threw Catching Fire literally across the room several <laughs> times. Just, just going to say, hang on, readers, for when we cover the... Hunger Games series. It'll be a while, but we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. But anyway, this is when Mayor's voice starts to falter for the first time, and she says the conscription age has been lowered to the age of 15. So, wow. Yeah, which means, if you read the subtext, on her next birthday, Giza would be conscripted. Because she doesn't have her job anymore. Mm-hmm. And she'll be 15. Yeah. And I think that's why, that's one of the reasons that it affected Mayor so much. Is like, not only because conscription is terrible and she hates it, and now even younger kids will be conscripted, mm-hmm. but also the fact that it affects her family. Yeah. Right. Part of me wondered if they made it 15 for that reason. It's possible. Just because they knew that she had a little sister. Instead of just lowering it by like two years, they specifically lowered it by three. Three years, yeah. Well, 15 seems pretty young to do that. But no, just listen. And (laughs) there's this line. It's the next one that gets me. The yeah. next thing that gets me, because that's why this is there. That's why they mm-hmm. lowered it to 15, to get all the parents like, no. Right. No. They're going to take kidding. away my kids at 15. That's, you know what I mean? And they're all getting uh-huh. up. They're all getting, oh, my God, you're going to take away my kids now. And they can go to work at 15. So, then they drop the hammer. I, I can do the next sentence if you want me to. Yeah, go ahead. Anyone who provides information leading to the capture of Scarlet Guard operatives or the prevention of Scarlet Guard actions will be awarded conscription waivers, releasing up to five members of the same family from military service. We're going to make you go to war at 15, unless you give us information on the Scarlet Guard, in which case then we'll give up to five members of your family exemption from conscription. Yeah. So... Mayor's inner monologue it's calls a, this a brilliant and terrible maneuver. It is, because it's outright a threat. Yeah. Yeah. And and that people will literally turn each other in just yeah. to save their families. Right. You know, whether or not 
their neighbors are actually part of the Scarlet Guard. They'll do literally anything to save their kids from conscription, including turning in right. yeah, Red their Bull neighbors. Just and tear each other apart for this. And this, is, this does happen. Fear is a great motivator. It's been used throughout history. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. So it's a great motivator because people will immediately start trying to protect their family and not look at the long-term and the larger goal, which is why don't we go after the people that are doing this to us? Right. Mayor finishes the measures by saying, the measures are to be upheld at all costs until the disease known as the Scarlet Guard is destroyed. Long live the king. (laughs) Oh my god, sorry. So basically everything bad that she could drop on her people, she just did in her first on camera mm-hmm. nationwide broadcast. She yeah. just turned every red in the country against her in one fell swoop. It was perfect planning on the part of the royal family. I mean a hundred percent perfect planning. Because what is she? You know what I mean? If you really wanted to hammer it home with the people, you would use the queen or you would use Evangeline, the future queen, but Mare has no status mm-hmm. or anything like that. She's just going to be the prince's wife. He's not even in line for a crown, but yet they make her read this. Yeah. Mm. It's specifically, reason. It's specifically because she was raised as a red. Yeah. And now she can see the silver world for what it truly is and how wonderful mm-hmm. the silvers are and how merciful they are to right. reds. It's insane. Right. It's, it's kind of being like, yeah, reds, we know you're in a crappy situation, but this girl who was raised red says that you're not, so you're not. And <laughs> the great thing is it's like the measures will be in effect until the Scarlet Guard is just completely destroyed. The funny thing about that is anytime... Anyone in power takes away your rights like that. They don't ever just give them back. Right. They'll find a reason there's, for the Scarlet Guard to oh, exist forever right. oh, to keep the measures in place. there's this other thing that's now a problem. We need to keep the measures in place. We might right. even have to tighten them. Yeah. Right. And also, I find it funny that they think that the Scarlet Guard is only a Norda problem. Yeah. Like, do they just assume that the other nations don't have a similar problem? I guess. Maybe they just don't know. I mean, I don't they, think they realize maybe how large the Scarlet Guard is at this point. I don't know. They don't. We don't. They right. they killed one of their top diplomats, so they can't, you know, do any kind of speaking with Piedmont on whether or not they're having issues with the mm-hmm. Scarlet Guard because right. they killed the diplomat. And they can't talk to the Lakelands because they're kind of at war with them they're right at now. War with them, right? So they they don't know very much about. Diplomacy. But Mare is in her room. She's re-watching this broadcast. She sees herself read the measures. And I love this. She gets so mad she shorts out her TV. <laughs> <laughs> if I've had electrical abilities like that, I would too. I mean, that would be my reaction. Yeah, pretty much. And then- she, In all fairness, she said that like they'd been playing the speech on a loop or whatever so that she could memorize the whole thing. Why did she not turn it off (laughs) like why didn't she just turn the tv off before she got so angry have you met mary (laughs) maybe she could maybe it was just on all the time so she just decided to fry it 
I guess, maybe. It's like the ones in the Hunger Games you can't turn off. The right. ones in the districts, they come on automatically and they make you watch whatever it is. So, you so, know, it could be kind of the same thing. Yeah. So so then Mare's like staring out the window and she's staring at the ruined city, which is, is this not the second time we've heard mention of this ruined city? It is the, the where... No, the other one was Greytown. Oh, no. I know they saw Greytown, but I thought that he point, Maven pointed out where, or she said something about where the ruined city, where there was, you couldn't go because of the radiation. Maybe. This isn't the first time that it was mentioned, I don't think. It will not be the last time it's mentioned either. Right. Definitely not. I'm going to no. say that. Put that on record. Mare is looking at the gift that Julian sent her, which was a map in a frame, and as she's picking it up, she hears something drop. Yep. Yeah. Little tiny notebook falls out of the back of the picture frame. Yeah, it's just a book. Of course Julian would leave her a book. Exactly. So she expects it to be like a history book or something like that that's going to teach her about Archeon or the royal family. You know, something that's going to tie into her arriving in Archeon. But that is not what's in this book. No, it's what? like handwritten by Julian. Handwritten in code. Right. So Mare has to figure out the parts that Julian would say normally and then take those words out. And as anyway, this is how it went in my head. She has to put those real sentences together and pull out the extra words that don't belong in the sentence. And that's where she gets the list from. In my head. I don't know how you guys thought about it when you well, read it. There was some, she it saw says, something before the list, even. Yeah, so first, the like she flipped open the cover to the first page or whatever, and handwritten there was, in Julian's handwriting, was red and silver. Just the, those three words. Yeah, it says, hidden among the words in the same type is a secret worth telling. Yeah. So there are, like, normal words, and then hidden in them... And the exact same print is the actual is actually what he wanted to tell her, which is brilliant. Right, and the the first thing is the people that were air quotes executed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a list front line for the last twenty years or so, maybe a little more. I think of all of these people that were um, part of what they call the Storm Legion. So they were all members of the same battalion in the war. And they were all executed, and Mm -hmm. either their bodies were lost or were cremated. Which didn't happen. Yeah, which Mare knows from her lessons that that is not how bodies were handled. Of the executed, especially if they were executed for... Yeah, it specifically said cremation is not common. Misplaced bodies are non-existent. They're buried like in mass graves. So this shouldn't happen. This this list of people shouldn't be at least as long as it is. Yeah. There's 27. 27 names on the list. Yeah. So Julian does a handy dandy. I guess uses their blood base, which Mm -hmm. I guess has like all the information on the blood of all reds, so they can look it up. What did we find out? That these are just 27 who died. There are dozens more in the blood base mm-hmm. that have 
a mutation mm-hmm. in their blood. A marker. Yeah, yeah, where their blood is basically both red and silver. Yeah. But combined together, it makes something more yeah. than the other two. So they're not red. They're not silver. Yeah. They're a new kind of blood. Yeah, and he uses the phrase red and silver and stronger than both. Yeah. Oh, but we skipped over on the list. Yeah. So the 27 executed. The 27th yeah. name. Because that's what she sees first is the 27 that were executed, and the 27th name was... It's Shade. Her brother. Yeah. So he also had an ability. He had the same... Did. Yeah. Well, they don't... They, I guess they don't know... What ability he would have had. specifically. Right. It could be different. Because these reds seem to be odd, because neither of her parents had an ability. Exactly. So it's not genetic. Like, it can be, but it's not necessarily genetic. Right. Like, you don't have We're, to get it from your parents, because correct. it's obviously a new thing. Right. Now we have this list of 27 soldiers that were executed, that their bodies went missing, that all had this, also had abilities, which raises the question, were they executed because they had abilities? Yeah, because they were either, like... Silvers can't have that. They were either, like, right. they either, like, died strangely, or they were executed for charges without any actual base. Yeah. Correct. And their so, bodies are not where they're supposed to be exactly. or have been destroyed. So they can't go back and retrieve right. their bodies to do any other kind of testing or anything. Exactly. But the big kicker is there's a list of living, dozens mm-hmm. yeah, of living lot. reds with abilities. And their names. And Mare has them. Yep. And Julian tells her, be careful. Yeah. He said, be safe. He said, you know, basically, we always told you, or I always told you, and Maven did, kind of under the same umbrella, that you weren't alone, and she's not. There's all these other people that ha- have the same ability or the same blood marker, but she was the first one that was protected by the eyes of thousands. She was the first one whose ability was discovered in front of all these people that they couldn't murder yeah. her for. They couldn't just I kill imagine, her and cover it up. Yeah, make it somebody go away. on this list of 27 names hulked out and threw an ability at somebody when they weren't expecting it because they got angry or whatever and they were killed on the spot and everything was hidden. You know, right. I guarantee you there's at least one of those. Which is exactly what would have happened to Mare had she not fallen into... Queen's trial. Right, had it not been in front of literally all the high houses. Yeah, because they couldn't just make her disappear anymore. Right. They're like, wait, that's a red servant. Where did that power come from? Yeah. So they had to turn her into a silver. So Julian reminds her that this list is very important and that it obviously can't fall into the wrong hands because if somebody gets a hold of it, then They'll be hunting for these people for the wrong reason. Oh, yes. Right. But Mare needs to go find them because they're the future. This is the answer on how things are going to be solved. Is this new discover discovery of a species, basically. This brand new kind of superhuman species amongst their kind. So who does Mare go to? The son of the person that can read minds. It's, like, Maven, at this point, there's no reason to suspect him, but why would you go to him and not think, should should I really tell him everything because Alara? Yeah. Like, 
like Maven it's not Maven, needs it's some plausible deniability in some of these situations. Right. But I don't think, in Mare's defense, I don't think she's thinking about that at this point in time. I think it's just one of those deals like, you know, when you find out something and and you don't want to keep it to yourself, you just have to tell somebody just so you can say it out loud or get it off your chest or whatever. And there's nobody else there that she trusts. You know, Maven is the only person there that makes her feel any sort of comfort at all because Lucas is gone. Julian is gone. She, you know, she's basically there alone in the palace except for Maven. Right. And he's met with the Scarlet Guard with her. He's the one that gave them the targets. Yeah. Right. To help the them targets. set up the assassination it did go off i mean they got captured on the way out but that really had nothing to do with maven yeah so she sets off to find maven to show him the book but she runs into cal first so swole cal finds her first yeah he waltzes up to her you know all being buff and ripped and stuff i imagine (laughs) he's like got 15 pound dumbbells and he's just doing arm curls as he's walking yeah it just you know, listeners can't see, but Mia and I are making. Yeah, we're doing the gesture. Arm curl or, motions. Yeah. He just walks around. Like, constantly. Working on his swollenness all day. But she. Did this you is. Day? Never. We already established that. <laughs> this part is where uh, you have to kind of think for a minute that a woman wrote this book. <laughs> because a man realizes that a woman is mad at him (laughs) and that never happens. No. And I think he even realizes why she's mad at him. Like, Oh, she's mad at me. And I know exactly why. why. Never happens. (laughs) I'm just teasing. (laughs) It's rare, but it reminds me. It's like, he's looking at her. He's like, you mad, babe, (laughs) baby mad. (laughs) Why? Which is funny because it's like you're he's she's he, why are you mad at me? It's like really you, you tortured Farley right in front yeah, of the manager. Yeah, for real. You knew that you know I had had dealings with these people, yet you did what you did right in front of me. Right. You he's, know? All, he's all like, "Well, we kissed the other day. What's all this about?" <laughs> Well, first, Mare tries to use the excuse, well, I'm betrothed to your brother. Which Cal's like, well, is. shut up. That never stopped you before. Yeah, so three days really ago, wrong. you were also betrothed to my brother. So <laughs> what's the real reason? What's different? And she wants to scream in his face that now she's seen who he actually is. Right. You know, yeah. she thought he was this caring, kind person that did all these wonderful right. things for her. And he's really just an animal that wants to go hunting for her kind. Right. Right. First, he says, first, he's basically like, is this about the terrorist? And that really just sets her off. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She's like, excuse me? Rebels? Rebels? (laughs) Yeah. She is not happy with them throwing that terrorist word around. And then Cal's like, but they murdered people. Not just people. Children. Innocent people. Yeah. You know. There were other people that were caught in the crossfire than just these, you know, political targets that they were going for. Then Mare's all like, well, you know that that wasn't their fault. Talking about, like, the bomb. The, the bomb, yeah, the explosion. Bomb. And he says, but they still caused it. It doesn't matter. They still caused it. I had the Sentinels torture them to 
try to figure out what this is and stop it before it gets to be a problem. So basically he is just trying to fight his side that they forced his hand, that that's what he had to do. You know, he didn't, he didn't want to order the torture. He had to order the torture, you know, just the typical Nazis just following orders (laughs) excuse. In all fairness, couldn't he have just been like, Hey dad, you want to do it? Like you're, you're the, you're the king. This is your job. Yeah, I mean, you'd think. And he's he tries to say, like, well, I know that you sympathize with them. And and she just fires on him. I mean, she lets him have it. She's like, their methods are your own fault. You make us work. You make us bleed. You make us die for your wars and factories and the little comforts you don't even notice. All because we're different. How can you expect us to let that stand? So she's making some good points. Yeah, like right to his face, just spouting it off. Right. She says, the only reason I'm not dead in a trench somewhere is because you pitied me. The only reason you're even listening to me now is because by some insane miracle, I happen to be another kind of different. Right. So she's kind of coming into her own in this conversation. Mm -hmm. She's like, You know, I saw what a terrible person you were. This situation happened. You responded to it in exactly the wrong way, in her opinion. And now I'm going to call you out on it, basically. And she's really standing her ground with Cal here. She is mad. Yeah. Like, can you just imagine what Mare's life would have been like? If she hadn't gotten that servant job, if she had just, like, been conscripted. I mean, we wouldn't have this podcast. (laughs) So there's that. There wouldn't be a book series. There wouldn't be a book series. Victoria Aviard wouldn't be taking vacations to Mexico. (laughs) But she reminds him again. Mare tells Cal again, you're going to be king. You have the ability to stop this. Right. You have the You don't power like it? To shut it down. Yeah. You know. And I'm going to quote Cal here. He says, but I don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to. He keeps saying the cost is too great. I don't want to stop rebellion. Realize how many lives it would cost? Millions. I mean, as opposed to like the how many millions upon millions of reds that have died on the front <laughs> in the last century? Yeah. Dying. He, he talks about you know, saving his father's legacy and this country that they've built over these last few years. And he's basically like, would you trade a million deaths for that? And again, she wants to scream in his face. Can I read Mare's actual response? What she actually says to Cal? Yeah, go ahead. That's great. Oh, he mutters, by the way. He does. So we get a mutter count in there. So Mare says, the guard won't stop. And while they're certainly to blame... You are as well. There's blood on your hands, Prince. Now, in her inner monologue, she says it's on her and Maven's, too. Exactly. she doesn't say that out loud. She calls Cal out for having the blood on his hands. Like, this is kind of their fault, but it's also yours. Yeah. So she mic drops Cal. Mm -hmm. After that, she drops that truth bomb on him, and she starts to walk away. And then... Cal says, says something about Julian. Yeah, the one thing that he knows will make her Stop. turn around and pay attention to him. Yeah, but it made us turn right back around. That's right. 
There's one. <laughs> he says, so Julian's disappeared, huh? Basically. Like, oh, so what's up with that? Yeah, he's, he's just not here. He never, he yeah. Archeon with us. He left Summerton and didn't get to Archeon. She tries to play all dumb, like, oh, did he? Did he leave? I... Disappeared? Yeah. What? What? I don't know what you're talking I about. I do not know what you're talking about. Sorry, that's my dumb blonde girl. I feel like it. And, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> you're, you're not that dumb, though, so thank God. That <laughs> dumb? <laughs> Way to go, Mom. <laughs> no, she's not like valley girl dumb is what Backhanded compliment. So what thank kind of you. dumb is she? <laughs> she's not dumb at all. <laughs> She can't, you're so Welcome to not, the Rockefeller family, what everybody. What, you didn't like the other show? You're so, that's, that's exactly right. You're so not dumb, you can't even do a dumb accent. What? how that was supposed to come I got out. You. Anyway. But Cal lets Mare know that he knows about the holes in the memories and the holes in the security mm-hmm. cameras and that she and Julian were definitely behind this. Yeah. And he knows the signs yeah. of Julian's ability. Yeah, he says he doesn't use it often, but when he does, it's pretty recognizable that this is Julian's handiwork. Yeah. And so he let him escape. Exactly. He gave Julian enough room to where he could sneak out of the castle. Well, he is uncle. Yeah. Yeah. So but Cal he, literally let Julian get away. Get away, yeah. But he tells Mare, kind of in no uncertain terms, that Alara won't stop until she finds him. She's basically just giving him a head start. He's going to be on the run now. And if she finds him, she will execute him. Yeah. And that there's nothing really he can do about it. And this really heats Mare up. Yeah. Because she's like, he's your uncle. Exactly. You know, and, and Cal is kind of trying to make her see in this moment, that doesn't matter. You know, Alara wants him dead. Alara will have him dead. Also, there's nothing Cal can do to stop that. Mare kind of thinks to herself, she's like, if he'll kill Julian, even after letting him go, what will he do to me when they match my blood in the blood base to what they found in the, in the cell? cell? Yeah, exactly. Like and she'll be found out. Yeah, if he's gonna, if he'll kill his own uncle, even he'll after letting kill him go, me. yeah, then, yeah. But there's more. <laughs> Cal tells her that Maven had an idea. Yeah, Maven had a Maven had a handy little idea, which makes Mare happy because Maven is much smarter than Cal. So <laughs> if Maven had an idea, then it was probably better than anything that Cal can come up with. Yeah. But now that she has been exposed on TV, and mm-hmm. she's been, her face has been shown, her name has been announced, that it would make it easier for Marina Titanos to exist if Mayor Barrow doesn't. Doesn't. Never existed. So they went through all of the records and they removed any trace of Mayor having ever existed. Yep. So her school school record, record, her birth certificate, her blood prints, and her ID card. Which means they can no longer match the blood. Exactly. She's completely wiped from the blood base. But you don't think it's going to be interesting to Cal, at least, who helped with this and knows that she was removed if the blood that pops up can't be traced to anybody. Again, they could just think maybe some of these people are from out of Norda. Correct. Yeah. Possibly. 
or you know maybe not born in hospitals or something like that somehow a birth made it under the radar yeah but that means her criminal record all of Mm -hmm. that stuff that they were holding over her Right, they also now don't gone. really have their... Yeah, so they lost their leverage, and now they're banking 100% on Mayor being their asset. You know, they don't... Did they lose their leverage, though? Because they still have her family that they could... That's that true. they threatened multiple times, I mean... Yeah, that's still true. But they... But they, they can't expose her without yeah. also exposing their corruption. Yeah, and they can't use her criminal record anymore. Yeah, they can't use any of that stuff against her because it's all gone now. Right. So, before we get to the last part, before we wrap up the chapter, um, the discussion I wanted to have with you guys. Yeah. Do you think, and and Mia, you've read Broken Throne, so I don't know if any of this is covered in Broken Throne. But where is our star-crossed love story where a red falls in love with a silver? You know what I mean? And, like, they have to run away. They can't live in this society the, like, or whatever. Romeo and Juliet yeah, the Romeo situation. and Juliet of a red and silver. And then what are their kids like? Sensibilities are passed down through the father. Usually. You, usually. If you have a red father and a silver mother, say, is that kid going to have abilities? Are they going to be some sort of rare species that we've never seen before? Like, what do you guys think about that? That that brings up another question. What about a red with abilities and either a silver or a normal red without abilities? Like, how... We, we run into the same problem. Yeah. And one of the, what we'll come to know is new bloods. Yeah. So what do you guys think? What what do you think would happen if, I if mean, there was some crossbreeding? I think it kind of... Uh, okay, I'll... Go ahead. I think, I think it kind of, like, it depends on, obviously, if the one with abilities is the mother or the father. That, because that's, like, that plays a part in it. But it also depends on what ability, I feel like. Like, some of them may be stronger and may pass easier. Yeah, that's a valid point. I mean, does the, like, would a normal red's blood with the silver almost taint it so that it weakens the ability, or Mm -hmm. would it be a unique new type of creation? And also... I, I'm going to go ahead and say there was one uh, in the line of um, the throne of Norda, like the you know line of succession. There was one queen that ruled without marrying the crown prince. There was a Kalor daughter that had, she was a burner, so she could rule without needing to marry the crown prince. And when she had a son, her son had his father's ability. So he couldn't take the throne because he didn't get the burner ability. Uh, hmm. 
That's you, interesting. You, a certain ability, you have to have a certain ability to take the throne. Yeah, you have to be a burner to take the throne in Norda. That kind of limits it. That's kind of like the way of saying, um, my family's always going to keep the throne. I'm looking at you, Lenzers. So, but it's also like... Um, I mean, up until now, I thought the Silvers were so fair. <laughs> oh, yeah, because they've been super fair about right. everything up right. until now. And literally, if you are a Kalor and you're not a burner, you're like exiled. It, it, it goes that far. Yeah. He couldn't just not take the throne. He couldn't be a part of the family. Right. I, I gotta feel like it's happened at least once, if not thousands of times over the centuries or so, or century, how long it's been since the, what do they call it, the the Great War the or first divide, oh, the or New Era. The First Divide or whenever they first... Yeah. Yeah, the the First Divide, I think, is what... Separated. What actually, when, like, red and silver weren't just colors of blood anymore. Right. It was like when the actual hierarchy started to yeah. but, um, shift. you got to think, with red servants running around and silvers, you right. know there have been affairs oh, and yeah. babies had. A hundred percent. And all kinds of things going on. So I well, kind of wonder if that's where this is coming from. But was it, are we going to find out that Marin Shade weren't really? Yeah, they that, were like dropped off at their house, and they weren't really born to. In their that mother sense, they father. would both have to be well, not their. Not necessarily. It could be like a, a dormant gene from somebody back in their family. That's, that's true. You know what I mean, yeah, it could be a, that's like a possibility. Uh, it, it's I think taken like a couple could of be like generations. A it could or be something. It's was... taken generations for the. That, that's how um, Muggleborns happen in Harry Potter. Yeah, they could have it... a. There's a wizard somewhere up in up their in the family, family and tree, right. dormant. and it just right. Right. It, it was dormant for generations, and then came. It to could them. be this happened for a while, and this is why it's the generations down the line of the children that the mutation or whatever the blood finally has yeah. evolved to where it affects. Right. The children. Yeah. So. But in this, we don't know what any of these abilities are. Julian doesn't know what any of these people's abilities are or anything like that. So we don't know if they're combination abilities, kind of like they think mares might be Mm -hmm. or whatever. So that's still all stuff that we get to explore in the future parts of the books. Or they're almost like... They have, they're like counterparts to silver abilities, but slightly different. Like yeah, a, like where you could see the the merger of two. Right. Mar- Mar's really is, though. I mean, pretty she can, much. She can manipulate electricity, but she can create it. Right. Yeah. So she's stronger. And that's, that's where the special part comes right. from, because there's no silver that can create whatever element they're working with. They can with. manipulate they can earth just manipulate or fire or what's right. already right. there. But our cliffhanger paragraph for this chapter after Cal tells Mare that her uh, record has been erased, basically, that Mare Barrow no longer exists. She says, but my act can only last so long. After one stiff bow in Cal's direction, I hurry from the room, hiding my wild grin. So she's like, yes. I am free for the next week. (laughs) At least she can relax for a little bit. I have about three hours of relaxation before I get into more trouble. 
Real up top. Girl, real girls on film going, Wee! So, and yeah, one more chapter. She's still mad at Kale. But it ends on kind of a high note yeah. with Mare not having to worry about. I feel like we made it fun. That pesky record following her around. We, we made it as fun as we can, <laughs> I guess. I'll take that. It's a rough chapter. It it's a, a really rough chapter. chapter. These next, this chapter and the next two, which are probably going to wind up being their own episodes, they're they're all rough. Like, there's three three or four rough chapters there's in a row. There's a lot of rough coming. Yeah. yeah. Basically, from, like, 23 on, it's just rough. 23 to the end of the last book. <laughs> there's some, yeah, there's I mean, some happy points in Glass Sword. Don't. Not all bleak. Entirely. No, just most of it. Just most not, of it. Not entirely. Yeah, so are you guys ready for Fan Art Corner? Yes. Fan Art Corner this week is fun because I was able to find this artist, and the caption for this picture uh, is it's a throwback to the first fan art they ever did about Red Queen. And then the question says, should I try more fan art? Probably not. And then this gets picked for our fan art corner. Of the <laughs> I think it's an awesome picture. So this comes from Mar underscore Day underscore Inverno. So that's M-A-R underscore D-E underscore I-N-V-E-R-N-O. And this is her illustration of Cal and Mare in battle. I said that's really good. So, that is really good. Yeah. I dig that. And I'm loving how every single maven we're seeing drawn looks almost exactly like Timothy Chalamet. Uh-huh. This is Cal. Is it? That's not Cal. It is that's Cal. Maven. It's red eyes. That's red maven. Eyes? That's not Cal. That's that, Cal. It's not near swollen enough for Cal. Uh-huh. Okay. Skinwolf looks too pale. So that would be our only criticism yeah. is to bulk oh, it's a great, up no, Cal a little bit. It's a great picture. Either way. But yeah, that's how I knew it was Cal because of the red the eyes. eyes. Otherwise, I would think that it would be Maven. But yeah, this one has red eyes, so it's Cal. But yeah, check out uh, Instagram. uh, Mar underscore day underscore Inverno. And I will have this on our Instagram. It'll be on... It's a cool drawing. Yeah, it's an awesome drawing. It'll be on our Instagram. It'll be on our website, which is www.readingwiththerockefellers.com. We have our fan art corner there. We have uh, all of our beautiful faces um, up now this week. You asked for it. You got it. There are adorable pictures of Meredith and <laughs> Olivia, our rats. Uh, if you heard stealthily in the background, Olivia was getting some exercise on the wheel mm-hmm. at the beginning of the episode. Olivia was also getting swole. Yeah, she's back there working on her swoletude. Our Instagram, uh, we're always hanging out on there, looking for fan art suggestions and dream casting suggestions for the upcoming Peacock series. That is at Reading with the Rockefellers. So hop over, check us out there. You can get all of these podcasts available in video form. Mia does a great job putting together really cool videos for us. Our fan art is always featured on the video. Um, Thank you for with, shouting that out because I need validation. <laughs> yes, she does a great job. Uh, the fan art's always available on the video with all the artist credits and uh, um, where to find them on Instagram. Um, so our YouTube channel is also Reading with the Rockefellers. You can uh, shoot us a straight old email. 
Uh, we love fan art suggestions that way and Dreamcast suggestions that way. It's readingwiththerockefellers at gmail.com. And occasionally we pop up on Twitter, not very often because I don't like Twitter, but uh, it's at Rockefeller Read. So sometimes we pop up there. And I think, do we cover all the socials? I think that's it. We get everything. We got yeah. fan art for this week. Okay. So, YouTube, yeah. Sorry this week is such a bummer, guys. <sighs> kind of a downer we made episode. Some jokes. But um, each each episode from here on out until the end of the book is going to be its own chapter. And Probably. And might have one chapter that becomes two episodes. We'll see. Because some stuff is going to really pop off now that Mare's back in Archeon. Yeah. Lots to yeah. happen in the last few chapters of this book. Yeah. A lot. So, until next week, you guys stay awesome, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.